Helmets and Heels, <laughs> built by DreamFinders Homes, Yippee. is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. Donna, it's so great to have you back with us. And I completely agree with you, so you must love me extra tonight. I honestly was not hating against any of this really? until until I looked out my window. I just moved over the weekend. I literally have a view of the ocean. It's amazing. And I look out and I look overneath or over above a park, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, how great. All these people are in this park using this free area to enjoy activity and they're, you know, they're going to do all sorts of grilling and yoga and Pilates and all sorts of workouts. And that's exactly what I've seen over the past few days, except this one group of people that almost is like not, not even looking around, not making eye contact with people. And they just have their phones like two feet from their face. I mean, two inches from their face. And I was like, that's interesting. That that group of people looks like they, you know, are are studying or something. Like that's not normal in the summer, but whatever. And now all of a sudden I've seen where like the this group of people have almost chased out the rest of the people who want to use chased the park. Chased out. Give me a break. There are hundreds of people in this park playing this game and they're not like I said they're not enjoying the park for what it is. They're just walking around with their phones. It's not you, it's not your phone. It's they not your hobby. to me today. I was walking to the beach to take my dog for a walk and you're, one of them ran into me. You Excuse live me. in Jack's Beach. Hey, you want isolation? Put your phone to the north down. side. No, but put your phone down and at least like pay attention to where you're going. I understand that this thing is a, is a very important to you. I'm not <laughs> saying that it's pathetic to play it. I'm just saying like put it down for 5 seconds and watch where you're walking. Well, that I can definitely understand. <sighs> don't bump into people. Don't do it while you're driving. But at the same time, everybody has their own hobby. They have their own things that they like. If you don't like it, don't play it. And and that's why I'm saying I don't say that the people who are playing it are wrong. I'm just saying you need to be more aware. And also, I don't think it should control your life from sunup to sundown either. How do you know it does if they're it just controls the countries. These I, people, I I'm telling you, countries. I've watched these people leave the park, walk past, and for the next 200 yards, there's still n- none of them talking to each other in these big groups staring at their phones. I'm sorry, there's Jack's something Beach wrong with that. Jack's Beach is littered with Pokemon. That's why. Uh, it's a hot spot. So is the town center I saw it today. And downtown. Terrible. Lots of spots. It was awful. I, but I, you're Marcel right. I'm not going to completely knock it because I haven't tried it. However, I don't have time for childish games. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I can't, man. That's it. I can't. It'll give me seizures. I can't look at that. Millions of people colors. play it across yeah, the United States. I know. Good for them. Allowed. That's awesome. I... I think when I heard Jeff Prosser on the morning show talk about how people are using the game and then there are people who are bringing guns to these spots. Yeah, and one time, people. One time, one time in happens. Missouri. Yeah. yeah, one time. But if it happens once, it can happen it again. Just I'm just out. saying, be a, yeah, it just came out on Friday and it's already happened. I'm just saying to these people, For just God be sakes. aware. I, it's just it's a, just a game for people to have fun with. If you don't like it, don't play it. I play Spider Solitaire. <laughs> Maybe. Go out, get a life, do push-ups after you get a flush or whatever. You have to do 10 push-ups next time. Oh, it's fine by me. We have a... I run on my lunch break. We have so a contentious good. show already. Oh, no. And we haven't even gotten to any of the topics so that we have so much hostility with Pokemon. Like I said, the, I have legitimate reasons to be hostile. And other than that, I could care less how many people play it. I don't care other than, like, just don't... Don't necessarily shove it in people's faces. That's the one thing I would say. Like if you're and this hasn't happened to me, but if you're at work 
if you know someone doesn't play it, don't walk up to them and be like, hey, have you played it yet? Have you tried it yet? Oh, I just got this. Like, if it's somebody that's not interested, don't, Wait, don't but necessarily do that. Is that any different from anything else in life? No, you're right. That's what I'm saying. But I have a in legitimate general. question. Is it a competition between, so like, you just found a Pokemon by me. If I found it and got it first, I win? Yes. Tec- okay. Kind of, sort of. Um, because we, me and my friend, we, we did a test over the weekend to see if like the same Pokemon were in the same vicinity of us. And they were. So that's, that's what kind of makes it cool because you're like sitting right next to the person. You want to try to catch it before they get it. And then that's how you level up. And that's how you, you join. I, I'm not going to explain if anymore. I wave my just... arms, if I wave my arms, will it go away? You're touching no, them. It, it's it's <laughs> augmented reality. So it's, it's essentially a Google map. And you have an avatar that travels around on this google map and then you can see locations where they might be at so that's probably why they're like just walking around and just looking at their phone because they're trying to find where they're located at and then once you find them then that's when you got to try to catch them when you increase a <laughs> level do you win anything if you get up to level five then you can join a, what's called a pokemon gym which 1010 is actually a location for a pokemon which gym. is fantastic how does that even happen so but then, then you, <laughs> yeah keep going because i want to know how does, that does you, do you actually thing? get something from this, Can't believe this uh, is not really no. it's just Okay. It's more like a trading. Yeah. It's a, the famous trading card game whenever, you know, we were all growing up. I mean, some people, a lot of people played it, actually. Um, but it just takes the trading card game and puts it into your phone and makes it an augmented reality. So whenever the Pokemon do show up in your vicinity where you can catch them, that's when the augmented reality comes into play. And that's when your camera starts up and then you can actually take pictures of it. And I can show you a picture of Amanda with a little Pokemon by her. What, what was the Pokemon's <laughs> name by me? He was kind of cute. I, I forgot. And squishy. <laughs> he looked squishy. All right. We're going to um, we're gonna end this. I promise the whole show will not be about this. It and can be. It, it if you can win be. money, I might try to play. You that can would be spend cool. money on it. No. But it's the opposite of winning. But what's cool about this is that this will probably set a trend for more augmented reality video games in the future because the majority of people don't play video games on like a console at home anymore. They're playing it on their phones. On their phone, it's, right. it's Candy Crush. It's it's Solitaire. It's a bunch of other different games that you're playing while you're waiting in line at the bank or the grocery store or something like that. So that's what makes it kind of cool. Like obviously there are people who will take it to the extremes one way or another, but for people who are just casual gamers and they just want to play with it a couple times a day, like that that's me. That's the majority of the people that I know that play it. So it's just fun. And very like said, interesting. Have, have as much fun. I think it, anything that brings people together is great. Um, anything that detracts from <laughs> you enjoying the amazing world around you, that's when I have a problem. Because, you know, you're... I think that's cell phones in general, though. Like, cell phones do take away from the, the enjoyment around. I mean, look at a concert. Everybody's filming on their phone. They're not actually enjoying the concert. Right. They're and I'm never it. that person. I always mm-hmm. say that you can tell how much fun I'm having because you will see zero posts from me, zero Snapchats, whatever it is. You will see nothing from me because I'm completely in the moment. If you actually see something from me, that means I'm like, oh, I'm having a good time. I'll share this with people. <laughs> but if I'm having a blast, you'll see nothing. But that's actually the <laughs> minority. And, and, and the minority is that you don't share what you're doing. The, the majority of the population, they have several accounts where they're sharing it on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on, on whatever account. And now it, this is just essentially another social network that has a game tied to it. Sure. Yeah, and I've, I've always thought that that if you're trying to show how much fun you're having, like if you if you do lose track of the moment that you're in, I've always thought that's bragging. Yeah. Like if you have to sit there and be like, look at this, look, look what at I'm like doing. Like relationship. This. Like you yeah. only post yeah. happy photo. Well, who would post a mad photo? <laughs> this is us. This is us. This is me fight. crying all yes. my mascara off. <laughs> 
When I get out of the shower, sometimes I feel like I look like a WWE wrestler. That mascara, can't they make like some that just washes off in the shower? Well, they have waterproof, you know. I don't want waterproof. I I want the kind that washes off in the shower, so Uh. I don't need eye makeup remover. Because as it turns out, I lost my eye makeup remover in the move. So yesterday I was like, well, we're going to have to figure something out. Coconut oil, that's my secret. Oh, there we go. We're sharing makeup secrets. (laughs) and um, sorry. And Danny put out a really good suggestion. He wants to know if there will be a Pokemon Twitter poll. I've decided we're going to go completely <laughs> against the Twitter poll we had originally decided. And yes, there will be a Pokemon ah, Twitter poll. Yes! So that will be tweeted out by Blythe. Minor victories! At Helmets and Heels tonight. We have a lot to get to. A ton of Jags talk. Some Tim Duncan retirement stuff. The Home Run Derby last night. Good old Mika Grimes and her big mouth. Speaking of mouths, Jalen Ramsey's weird taste buds. Of course, studs and duds of Peterberg Chocolate Heel. And as I just mentioned, the Twitter poll. So stay tuned. We have a lot for you tonight. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. And guess what? You can join us next week when we are live from Jackson Social. That's Tuesday, July 19th. We will be there from 7 to 9 p.m. So come on out. We'll be right back on 1010XL on 82.5 FM. Yes, all my soul sisters. Let me hear your flow, sisters. Hey, sister, go, sister, soul, sister, flow, sister. Oh. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Stay tuned a little later. We will tell you how to win a Peterbrook chocolate heel and... And momentarily, the Twitter poll, the now much asked for, much desired Twitter poll will go out from at helmets and heels. Something to do with Pokemon. My choices were, do you hate it or do you just want it to go away? I think the poll question should be, is it Pokemon or Pokemon? Pokemon. Yeah, it's definitely, a, what is that, a hard E? What, what is that called? A hard E? But, yeah, the Poke e yeah, long, long e. Thank e. you. Or is it like pecan or pecan? Yeah, right. Tomato, I mean, tomato, potato, potato. No, it's potato. <laughs> pecan, pecan. I can get that one. It's potato, and it's tomato. But anyway, let's <laughs> get to some studs and duds. Something we can all agree upon. Demer, oh, no, go to me first. Okay, Uh-oh. we're we're going. That's what I was gonna say. Demer, we are going to skip you. Blythe, we are going to start with you. I'm sorry, I was doing the poll. Okay, so right. um, my stud, I, I have a, a, just a brief one I want to mention really quick. Uh, Serena Williams, she won not only the doubles championship this past weekend with her sister, but later on that day, she won her 22nd Grand Slam title. That puts her at a tie with Steffi Graf for, for most of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, did and you watch any of Wimbledon? I did not. I <laughs> I watch the highlights. I'm more a highlight person when it comes to sports like that. Tennis I don't is watch hard them to live. watch, I think, if you're not completely into the sport. Yeah, I only watch highlights. And I'm ever. not going to force tennis upon anyone. I saw some of it live, not a, not a ton. I wasn't locked in. I just know that you're a Serena Williams fan, so that's why I was curious. No, I definitely see. love her. I, I'm a huge fan of her and everything that she's accomplished. But no, I'm not watching. I'm not going to sit down and, and watch a, a tennis match. It's just not my thing. Like, I'd rather go outside and play Pokemon. <laughs> And um, that's kidding. your brief one to mention. Do you so, have so, yeah, a solid that's one? That's my brief one. But then the real one I want to mention is uh, Seattle's, uh, The my real stud is Seattle's Michael Bennett. He called out other pro athletes for throwing these youth camps that are exorbitantly expensive. Um, I think he, he called out Steph Curry in particular. And he said, if you're going to have a camp that's four days and you know $2,500, you have to be able to give back somehow to these kids who can't afford something like that. So I just thought it was really cool that he, he not only talks about these things, 
things, but he puts he puts his money where his mouth is, and he holds regular events like that wherever he when he gives back to the youth. So I thought that that was cool. And I feel like most Jaguar players hold free camps. I know the one that Bortles did recently in um, conjunction with the Police Athletic League was completely free. Mm -hmm. So I feel like most of the guys on our team do that. But then again, if they were hosting private ones, I guess they may not be open to the media, so maybe we wouldn't know about them either. Borges, who's your stud? My stud is... Besides yourself for being able to wake up every morning so far this week on time and arrive here before 6.30 in the morning. It's only been two days, so let's (laughs) not get get ahead of ourselves because I still have three whole days to uh, be late. Um, But it's really hard to not wake up when you get here and Jeff Prosser's yelling and yelling and yelling and yelling. Um, But he's hilarious, so that helps. (laughs) Oh, Jeff, what am I going to do with you? Okay, my stud is Jimbo Fisher, and that is because he is from the state of West Virginia, and they've been dealing with lots of flooding, and so he uh, decided to not really hold a drive, but he has written a letter to high school coaches in Florida saying, hey, uh, high schools in West Virginia really need donations because a lot of their equipment was ruined in the flooding, and so... He's written a letter to high school coaches in Florida, um, and he said that if you send it to Tallahassee, then they'll ship it all out. So if you are a high school coach and you're listening, uh, July 25th is when Jimbo is going to send everything off. So the And the reason why they can't donate is because it won't fit high school-aged kids, um, which is interesting because you kind of, it makes sense, but you don't really think about that. Because at first I was like, well... Jimbo, like you got lots of stuff. You can You would donate. think some of it would fit. I think some of it, but I think like the pads, um, I think mainly just the pads are too big. Um, I was reading an article about that. So he is asking people to donate, and I think that's really cool. And there's another coach from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Um, that you mentioned in your update. I coach? did. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Another coach? I just thought it was funny that you decided to only say Jimbo Fisher was the one doing oh, it. But isn't well, there another yeah, one who's another from one. West Virginia? Yeah. Was it Saban? No. No. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. You heard it too. I thought it was. Yep. There was two of them. Said. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well, I'm sorry if I. Uh, oh, no, you're good. Someone, I thought you were the one who but... said it. I could be losing my mind. No, Nick Saban is from West Virginia, yeah, but I don't think I one. said him in my update. No, it wasn't. But Saban. if Saban is asking for donations too, I think then he is. Saban can also be my stud. There we go. Not just Noel nope. supporter over there. Nope, nope. West Virginia supporter in general. DMARF, are you ready or do you want me to go? Um, You can go. Go right ahead. I'll All happily go last. Righty then. Uh, My stud is the one and only Daniel Murphy. If you haven't been paying attention at all to baseball, then you may have missed the fact that he has been superior against his old team, the Mets. He now plays for the Nats. The Mets let him go. He's uh, he's batting 423 in 13 games against the Mets with seven homers, 21 RBIs, and 11 runs. Do you know what that slugging percentage is? 880. Jesus. That's called take that old team, take that management that decided not to pay me. I deserved it. I earned every penny that I'm getting now. You're a loser. And now I'm a winner. (laughs) That's what that's called. Mic drop. Yeah. Um, And he's obviously from Jacksonville and um, and he's doing fantastic. And I've enjoyed it. Honestly, I love watching him at the plate when they play them. Like you can literally only turn the game on. When that's about to happen and see fireworks. It's, it's, it's like the home run derby when he's up to bat, honestly. All right, D Murph. 
I did not watch this game, but um, just for personal reasons, I'm going to say that my stud is, um, I don't really know how to pronounce his first name. I'm going to go with Yoan Mankata, and that would be the prospect for the Boston Red Sox, who was MVP for the All-Star Futures game, which is everybody, you know, like the Suns and and whatnot, the Pawtucket. How do you spell it? The first name? Y-O-A-N. I'm going to go with Yoan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Yoan. Sounds about right. But um, you could yeah, hit a home run, you know, that uh, put them ahead. But he was two for five with a stolen base as well. So nice. I'm going to go with yay. Red Sox looks like they have some upcoming good prospects. Excellent. Pitchers. All-star games tonight. It sure is. Um, all right. So duds. I'm ready. You're ready. <laughs> have that one to go fast. I love it. All right. And this off. one actually set me off and actually tweeted about it this weekend. <gasps> and this would happen to be the Rays broadcasters, Dwayne Stats and Brian Anderson, because his last name is S-T-A-A-T-S. So Stats. Yeah. Um, Stats. But they sat there and complained while they were in Boston about how awful Sweet Caroline is. And they went to the store to find earmuffs. This is all on air. What? Oh. So I immediately oh. said, excuse me, I have to, I never do this. But um, hey, at Nesson, you know <laughs> that the at Ray's announcers just the complained, you know, <laughs> about oh, this. Oh, Donna. And, and they come from the Ray's? From the, the Ray's. From so, the cowbells. Of course, and the- my hashtag was cowbells worst thing ever. So they didn't already own earmuffs. Right. Earmuffs. And who says earmuffs anymore anyways? How about earplugs? <laughs> Earplugs, like all the plugs you have in your hair. Earplugs, Dwayne. <laughs> they are definitely my duds. I love it. I gotta follow that. <laughs> Donna, we missed you I so know. dearly. Okay, so my dud is um, obviously the, the USGA. They had a rough go around with Zach Johnson a few weeks back, or mm-hmm. Dustin, yeah, Dustin, Dustin Johnson. Johnson. A few weeks back where they messed up a rule and it was, you know, in contention of whether or not he was going to win the actual tournament or not. Well, this past weekend, the USGA president, Diana Murphy, took to the podium to present the trophy to the winner, Brittany Lang. Only she kept calling her Bethany. Not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. Wow. And you, if you're watching the video where the president is giving the speech where the athlete is and, and Brittany's standing right behind her and she's kind of hesitating whether to walk up to the podium right. or not because she's not sure if she's talking about her or not. So it's just so terrible. Well, and they had more rules issues with this tournament also. <laughs> uh, it was very different than the Dustin Johnson ruling, but they neglected to tell Bethany, Brittany. Yes, Brittany. <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, they neglected to tell Brittany early enough on, or no, the person that she was facing, somebody with a foreign last name, like Serenquist or something, so she she ended up kind of winning, not by default, but kind of by default. Yeah. And so that's a whole nother rules issue. That- like, luckily, the, the past one with, with um, Dustin Johnson didn't affect the mm-hmm. outcome Correct. of the tournament. But, but this, this one, one did. did. Yeah. So and then to screw that up. Just, well, it's funny because now Twitter is calling them the United States Gaff Association. <gasps> yeah. Makes sense. Isn't she a new president, too? I think so. Mm. Not, a, not a good way to welcome yourself in. No, not at all. All right, Amanda, you're done. My dud is Buffalo Bills running back Carlos Williams. He is 23 and his fiance is pregnant. And apparently he now has a dad bod because of her pregnancy. Because he says that she wakes up in the middle of the night craving food. And so then he eats with her, which Donna, maybe you can set the record straight. Is that a real thing? 
TJ never went through this, but it is known. It, they say that the husband can start feeling like craving eating yeah, or really? like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Carlos Williams is 23 as a dad bod. He's gained like 30 pounds. He is not in shape for training camp. <laughs> so they are going to require him to do separate work on the sideline to lose weight because they don't, they say it's not realistic for him to lose 30 pounds by the time training camp starts. Wow. So he's too fat to <laughs> participate in training camp and do his job. And he's 23 with a dad bod. What are you doing? Eating is the answer. Stop. He's eating. It's Stop a, eating. a sweet reason. I will say, though, that oh. he could lose 30 pounds before training camp. Yeah. Like, guys can I lose weight quickly. I think he'll lose it, quickly. like, during training camp. But to lose 30 pounds in, what, two and a half weeks-ish? That's a lot to Maybe lose. Maybe if he played in Florida or practiced in Florida. Right, and sweat it all sweat out. Sweat it off. Oh, gosh. But they're probably not. <laughs> Uh, mine is one that everyone heard of and heard the situation. John Bones Jones tested positive for banned substances from the UFC. I did a little research into it. It seems like, and it's reportedly um, known, and Conor McGregor also said this, that it was estrogen blockers <laughs> that he tested positive for. His camp is not um, publicly, publicly admitting that, but they're also not negating that with anything else. So that's what it sounds like, that he lost Eight figures worth of money on this fight because of something like that. Now, the Why camp you, is saying... Yeah, do yeah, you know yeah. the point of that? Um, No, but I'm going to guess that any estrogen in your body then produces things that are not necessarily muscle building. You know, because women, obviously, this is my complete under... Um, I mean, how much estrogen guess. does a male have? So here's what I heard a long time ago when I was little, is that men who are bitten by mosquitoes more so than anybody else have more estrogen than other men. Really? So that I don't know if that's true. That I am no doctor. I have done no medical research. That's what someone told me. <laughs> but so every time I see a guy that gets bit by mosquitoes <laughs> more often than everyone else, I'm like, oh, you have a lot of estrogen. <laughs> so I'm assuming, though, that honestly, obviously testosterone produces... The chemicals that, right. that create the most amount of muscle in your body. So I'm assuming that the least amount of estrogen you have, the better off you are. Someone who knows more than this, please let us know. <laughs> you can text her to some steroids or something that do produce it. Yes. And right. then, yes, there are things like that. Or there are supplements that I'm assuming contain it. And I don't know why yeah. you would take those. But hmm. either way, John Bones Jones, he ruined that. Um, and then Anderson Silva had to come in, fight at the last minute against Daniel Cormier. He got crushed and... Um, and then, in, you know, in the end, UFC didn't really affect them because oh, they still got sold for four billion dollars. By the way, crazy. can I please refer back really quickly on the drill? They asked Amanda, how long do you think it would take to count to four billion? So I want to ask you, ladies. I'm a fast counter. OK, no, um, I'm going to ask you, ladies, how long do you think it would take to count you can't in your life to one billion? You can't in your lifetime. Donna, I'm going to say four billion seconds. <laughs> Amanda's guess was 49 hours. <laughs> I can count really fast, okay? I, I What's the big deal? I think four billion I don't think seconds you can count. Works, right? I, I don't think you can count to it in your... If you started right now, you wouldn't be able to make it in your entire yeah, lifetime. The answer is 95 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now, yes, unless we were going to live... And to be honest, he asked that at like 6.51, okay? And I roll in here and I have gym clothes on and I just finished my coffee and I'm about to like do an update and it's my first time speaking for the day by the way because I've yet to speak at six. You didn't talk to Oscar? Uh, no. 
Oh, gosh, that poor cat. It's too early. All right. Those were our studs and duds. We are going to get to some Jags talk next. Shad Khan said some uh, some interesting things to a USA Today reporter. We are going to talk about that. And one of us actually hung out with Shad Khan today. So we'll see uh, we'll see how that went. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by Dream Finders Homes on 10 to XL 92.5 FM. Put on your high heel sneaker. Put your wig hat on your helmets and heels. Built by Dream Finders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010 XL 92.5 FM. brought some good stuff. There are some cookies from Fresh Market that are raspberry pillow cookie. And it's like eating a cooked donut, like a jelly-filled donut. That's exactly why I won't eat it, but it <laughs> looks delicious. pretty good. Lauren, it is. Um, so did everyone read the USA Today article that came out today yes. on Shad Khan? Uh-huh. Yes. Read Before it. you read it, how old would you have said that you thought Shad Khan was? Or if you don't remember seeing it. How, How old do you old? think Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is? I knew he was in his 60s. I just didn't know. Exactly. High, low, okay. middle. Didn't Same know. Blood. I know it was about mid-50s. That's where I was going, 50s. Yeah, 66. Hmm. That took me back a little bit just because I thought that seems a little older than I would have thought. I saw him a couple of years ago, you know, talked to him face-to-face. He looks and wonderful. Yeah. He looks fantastic. So, men, little advisory. If you do have hair when you're in your 60s, keep it dark, keep it pulled back in a ponytail. <laughs> keep keep it dark like they have well, control. Well, they, no, I mean, you can, yeah. No, you they can you die. control. Just I like know, they can shave their back hair, they can dye their head hair. Or they can get laser hair removal at Ideal Image. That's what I was saying. <laughs> but they can remove it. I've never met a guy it. who dyed their hair, actually. Um, well, here's the thing. That they you know tell of. You. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. All right. So, Shad Khan is interviewed by USA Today. The point of all of it is he's saying the Jaguars fan base has suffered long enough. He is looking for the tides to turn this season. Has high expectations, but still says there's no magic number. There's not a, a set number of wins that the Jags have to have in order for him to believe that the process is working with Gus Bradley as head coach and general manager Dave Caldwell in place both until 2017. Ladies, what did you think when you first heard it? And what are your expectations as we go into this season now knowing what we know about the depth and all that kind of stuff? Dean Murphy, we'll start with you. When I first heard it, I'm like, well, this is interesting, but let me read the article. Because headlines can be so deceiving, mm-hmm. you know? And I love that within this um, article... Both Caldwell and Bradley were also interviewed. Mm -hmm. So I like to get the different points from all the, you know, three perspectives. But the one thing that really stuck out to me was this part of Khan talking about himself and in the auto industry and how he said he spent years perfecting the process. Now successes and failures don't get the kind of publicity, obviously, NFL football does. But over time, you develop a same sense that do what I do. Do I tear it down and start all over again? And how am I going to get better? And I love that because he's been through this. Like you said, he's 66 years old. So within his other auto industry, his other main business, yes, you have to try it again. You have to try it again because well, those lives are at stake with this, you know. And this one, I, I love that he has just amount of patience, I think. And they did ask him about the football club with Fulham. And he's like, oh, no, no, no completely different that is a completely different sport and so i just i I really looked back and i think he he gets it he understands the majority of the fan base and that yes we only have so much 
patients in a bottle before that's it. So I, I loved this article. I thought it was great. I loved what Bradley said, but I, I specifically love what Caldwell said in regards to, all right, well, you know, we're going to see what happens. And we know, you know, the expectations are to obviously win and be dominant in the AFC South. And I love that because that's what you think of when you when we make our picks and stuff like that. You're like, well, and not to, you know, but favor the team, but. You know, AFC East, of course, New England's going to win the AFC East. Who's going to win this one? You know, it's you want to be the Colts aren't going to obviously win the AFC South. No, it's going to be Jacksonville now. And I love that. I love their thinking. I, I think it's one of those things that what else is he supposed to say? Like, is he, is he supposed to say like, oh, I think this team's going to be terrible again this year? He's, he's never going to say that out loud. But what I do love about Khan is that he feels the same thing as the fans feel, but he doesn't make those irrational decisions in the midst of a season when the fans are screaming for, you know, the head coach to be fired and Dave Caldwell to, to, to be gone. He lets, he, he gives everything he can to the fans. He enhances the stadium, but he lets the football people make football decisions. And I think that's where we're so blessed that we have him as an owner when, you know, there's the Jerry Jones of the world and and, and Snyder with with the Redskins, and and they are so heavily involved in every decision that's made. And I think it's just we're so lucky to have him as an owner, and I think that he shares in our experiences and in our frustrations, but he controls what he can control, and he lets the football people make those decisions. But I do think it's it's a very positive thing that he's not going to make those irrational decisions and fire a coach in the middle of the season because it proves to the rest of the league and the rest of people who may opt for for this this position one day to come to this organization to know that the owner is going to give you everything you need to succeed and it's up to you at the end of the day to get those wins and so i think that that's that's a really great message to have that it's not just a revolving door like a lot of other franchises where you could be a coach for a year and be out the door just like the Cleveland Browns did this past year I like that this is a national article on USA Today because this is something that isn't a surprise to me because we know about it when we talk to Gus and Dave. They know that Shot is being patient. Um, It's about to be year four for Gus, and everyone knows that this is the year that they need to win. But like you said, Blythe, it's surprising when you look around the league because there are so many other teams that they're like, oh, you can't win, you're out. You can't win, you're out. And so... It is a big story in the sports world when an owner says, no, you know what? I have trust in the guys that I hired. And yeah, it's taken some time, but everything takes some time. And Caldwell even said, and they mentioned this in the interview, Caldwell said um, in his interview with Khan, he's like, listen, I can do what you want me to do, but it's going to take time. This won't happen overnight. And so the fact that Shad Khan, Dave Caldwell, and Gus Bradley are all on the same page Obviously, it hasn't worked out yet, but the fact that they know that it is a process, I think, has been very, very helpful. But I will reiterate, this is the year that it needs mm-hmm. to get done. And everyone knows that. It's no mm-hmm. secret. I was six days early on Shad Khan's birthday. He will turn uh, 66 in six days on July 18th. He's still so looking great for listening. He yes. is 65. He's in AARP status, um, but <laughs> not quite that old. Um one of the things that struck me that I didn't know, you expect when you're when you're entrenched in the Jags, as I would say that we all are working for 1010, there are certain things you just know and you can talk to anybody around the country and you feel like you know 
everything about pretty much the owner, everything about the GM, everything about the coach as far as publicly, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things I did not know that this article brought to light was that Shad Khan talked to every single player in training camp last year. Why is that significant to me? Because that's not necessarily who made the roster. He talked to 95 players before it was whittled down to 53 players. That takes commitment and effort on his part. And I also think it's important because he is a billionaire who built his empire from absolutely nothing. How did he get there? He would tell you that he knows how to hire people. Yes, he's patient with this process. And then he also puts the right people in positions. Well, so he says, you know, he doesn't necessarily know the football side of them, but he absolutely can read people. I would say that overall, the Jaguar players, minus a few hiccups here and there, there since he has taken over ownership, have had pretty much good standing within the community and on the team. And if they don't make it, it's because of their lack of football skills, not necessarily because they are people who are complete and total idiots or, you know, making bad decisions elsewhere. That's important. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to build this team because when Dave Caldwell started from literally worse than scratch, there are only five players on the team now that were on the team when he took over. Most teams, if you looked around the league, it would probably be closer to between 20 and 30. And he's had to completely rebuild it. Yep. So when it comes to patience, to me, patience is when you're dealing with someone and you don't necessarily think that they get it right away, but you think that they can get it. Mm -hmm. And so you're being patient with them. To me, it's all, it's, it's a little bit less patience and it's more understanding of what the people around him are dealing with. They weren't dealt the same cards that the Patriots, the 49ers back then were dealt with Mm -hmm. the Seahawks. They were dealt with something that was a bad apple and they had to literally start all over. So he hasn't had to necessarily be patient yet. To me, the patience, I don't want to see patience this year. This is when I want to see the expectations kick in and the realization that what he said is correct. The fan base has suffered long enough, and it's time to see all the money, all the new talent, all the draft picks, all of that start to translate into something which is bigger on the left side of the dash than the right side, which is the wins and then the losses. And one more thing, you know, you mentioned it was a national article. Thank you for not having anything about when are you becoming the London team? When are you moving this team? Yeah. Is there still talk about not one question written? Now, whether or not it was asked, we don't know, but still nothing written in this article. So thank Once you. Once you learn about the amphitheater construction, I feel like if you mention London, you're a moron. It's just a low-hanging fruit right. that lazy writers right. pick. I was just so happy, though. Yeah, I no, like, I didn't know what you mean. Oh, that's refreshing. Um, and I feel like we should right. give credit. We've mentioned it a million times um, that we really enjoyed this article. Tom Pelissero, I'm going to guess that's how you say that. Um, he Pelissero, there we go. Yeah. I like Italian-sounding names. <laughs> Pelissero. Um but I just, I loved also, and Blythe, you said, or you were around Khan today. Did he say anything to the fans that were there at the stadium? He was just a, 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 extremely enthusiastic about, we want wins, we want wins now. And and that's, it, 
he was more speaking from a fan perspective, and that's sort of the vibe that I got from him because he really is like, even though he has, you know, obviously a lot of money and he's a billionaire and he has a, a lot of things um, going for him, um, but he still is very relatable. He's just a regular guy, and you just have regular conversations with him, and you just stand at a table and just have and, and just regular conversations, and yeah. and that's um, and that's a rare quality, I think, when somebody reaches that sort of echelon in their lifetime that he didn't have to stand around and talk to us for a couple hours like he stood he hung out he played music like he was really involved and and really wanted to know what we think and he he said he knows that he wants he wants the wins and he believes that the wins are coming that was refreshing yeah and i mean i think if you are a jaguar fan and you're completely pessimistic you still probably have the team winning more than they've won the last few years. Oh yeah. Even like I said, even as a pessimist assuming the worst, it there's there's really nowhere for it to go. But up, but up. But like up. I, knock I on mean, wood. <laughs> I really I honestly I don't think we can sit here and project worse. There's there's just no, no way. No, no, no. Even if a few players get injured, at, you know, that's when you definitely I just think chemistry wise it's going to take a little while for that defense to gel together but I think by mid-season we'll have a clear expectation of where this team stands yeah and I've said the same thing but what's comforting to know is that the new additions are veterans Mm -hmm. and so they know how to adapt which I guess is hard to know like how do you know if you know how to adapt I guess as a professional, like you just figure out what works and what doesn't, and it could take a couple a couple games, but that's what preseason is for. I think you know veterans know how to adapt because there's constant change on every roster every single season. So So you're always having to change. You have, and obviously there's change in your coach's position sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Even on talented teams, a coordinator may leave to take a head coaching position, and you have to learn a new scheme or at least new terminology and things like that. All right, the Home Run Derby was last night. We will chat about that next. So come on back, back, back. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFenders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL 92.5 FM. So in case you didn't get my back, back, back reference, that was Chris Berman last night constantly during the Home Run Derby. I'm not a Chris Berman hater by any stretch of the imagination, like Rick Ballou is or some other people, but... Honestly, back, back, back should only be used a couple times during the whole thing and multiple times for each person hitting. He said it. And so it was like, uh, I get it. It's your thing. But like, come on, like, you know, try to use it a little more sparingly. So it has that same effect that it used to have. See, it- I thought he was actually less. He used it less this year than he has in previous years. Because when I was watching, I was like, oh, wow, he's not saying it as much. Like, I'm not watching this on mute because normally I would because his, I'm I'm not particularly a Chris Berman fan. I don't like him hearing on hearing him on certain events. I do like watching him at Anchor Sports Center. That That's one of the few things in, in you know, the obviously NFL Live. Um, but anything else, I'm just not a fan of hearing him announce. So I, I didn't think it was that bad, though. I did enjoy the Home Run Derby, though, this year. I liked that it was a timed format. I liked the time format as well versus the way they used to do it with a certain number of um, pitches, I guess, if you want to mm-hmm. call them pitches. I mean, the person standing there just kind of lobs it, which that's a pitch, so so to speak. Um, I think it'd be a lot cooler if you had a pitcher going for real at these guys 
still with the same timing, but then able to actually see what they can do versus a 90 mile an yeah. hour ball. And, and then I think that would give you a little bit better of a of a framework for what their true. Yeah, but then you'd have less home runs. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I'm that's okay with that. Not fun for a home run derby. Yeah, that's I'm not okay with it because want. I want to see their talent on oh, display. That's what I I'm agree, watching. But isn't for. that what the All Star Games for? Well, the All-Star game is, is slightly different, yeah. But that's to showcase everyone. Right. This, I think, would showcase the pitchers also in the hitters. Yes. Yeah. For people who just want to watch the big bombs, which you saw 61 from Giancarlo Stanton last night. Um, who, Amanda, did you know that his name was Mike Stanton when he played I for did. the Jacksonville Suns? I did know that. So if you were interested in it, in just watching the home runs, then absolutely, it was, a, it was exactly what you want. It was a home run Best. He set the most, but the balls are a little different. They're more compressed. And so literally watching it, didn't you think that they were doing the same thing as like as easy as it is for me to like pick up the water bottle and drink it? That's how simple it was for them to knock it 495 feet. I literally watched maybe two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I you're can't. the one who suggested the topic, which is why I, I thought know. you were locked in. Well, no, because I, I don't care. She just wanted to recap I honest, honestly would have cared more if Poppy decided to do it. But yeah. I understand it's his last year and he's already won that. And he really wants to keep, you know, his great year, his great season mm-hmm. mojo going. So I, that tends to ruin it once you join that. But um I just, I couldn't, wherever they were broadcasting from within Petco, I couldn't hear anybody. I could not. They tried to interview Poppy at the time I was listening, and it was muffled. All you hear was the crowd. I'm like, this is useless. I don't care about who's hitting, and I can't even hear an interview. So, Did you like the uniforms? Um, if I were a old school Pirates fan, yes. I would Padres like, fan? No, because I, lo- I think of yellow with the pirates uh, so that to me is i see what you're saying pirates but no no that, well, that, I thought was, that was interesting because petco park is normally not a hitter's park and so the fact that they were just crushing it out of there was certainly you know something you don't normally see but at the same time i think the majority of americans may have turned it on like you did donna sat there for a couple seconds and they were like all right I'm good. It's not big names. You know, it's not years ago when it was like, all right, here's Poppy. Here's Trout. Here's, you know, big names that you're like, all right, this is exciting. And it's like, well, there was at least a little drama between Stanton and last year's winner. um, I'm blanking on his name now. Robinson Cano. No. um, uh, The guy that played in the quarterfinals. Yeah, he used to play for Cincinnati. Frazier. Yeah. Yeah, There we go. If you stuck around, you know, it's just like, <laughs> well, I was out to dinner. So when I came home, I turned it on and then I caught the very end of it. And that was the best part. I was like, oh, this is all people needed to watch was just the two of them going at it. Um, the other thing that was kind of fun was just like to think of little kids in the crowd watching something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that that I fun. love it. That's what I think it, it right. it's targeted to is those kids who have never seen anything like that. You know, if you've never been if, or if. If you've never been to a big league game or if you've only been to a few and then you go there and it's like, wow, that's even possible. That I didn't even know that was an option, like to be able to just stand there and literally like barely move and hit that ball so far. That is cool. So right now the Star Spangled Banner is going on. Yes. The The All-Star Game is about to get underway. Yes. All right. So Tim Duncan retired with very little fanfare. And I thought it was a really interesting Way to go. Very humble way to go. And a completely opposite of Kobe Bryant when mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant retired. So, ladies, your thoughts. 
if you were the one retiring after 19 seasons, which way would you have gone? The Kobe, give me love everywhere you go, or the Tim Duncan, sayonara, goodnight, I'm just going to announce this and peace out. Oh, completely the Tim Duncan. I mean, that's not my personality at all. And that is his personality perfectly. You yeah. never heard a peep from him during the season, especially in the off season. There was nothing ever bad said about him and his numbers were immaculate and you would be surprised to see them. You're like, oh, and for some reason, I never would have thought of Tim Duncan because that's who he is. And Kobe doesn't surprise me at all. It's not, you know, <laughs> yeah. not surprising. I'm half surprised that in places he would finally go to would be like, hey, what do you got for me? It's my last day here. He didn't act like that. Oh, he was so much more conceited than. But there, it's totally, it's two totally different personalities. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and and, and it's, Kobe's not the only one who who got a farewell tour. Mar- Mariano Rivera got one. Derek Jeter got, got one. Uh, Big Poppy's getting one right now. I think it's because it, they it's part announced of your, it prior right, to, and they announced it prior to the season. That's that's just Tim Duncan. There, there will never be another athlete like Tim Duncan. And and it's kind of good for the sport that people don't act like Tim Duncan because you have to be able to sell your marquee players. You have to be able to 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 give them a shoe deal or to to give them some kind of marketing deal so that you can promote them and you can promote your game. Tim Duncan has never been that way. So so while he's a great athlete and a great player on the court and and a great teammate, that's just not his style. He he's never going to ask for anything like that. When did these kind of farewell season stuff begin? Was Mariano's the first one? I, yeah, I really, I, I think that he was the first one that got the the official farewell tour, and then Jeter got his. Because I mean, you Kobe never heard his. of it. Like back in the day, obviously Jordan never got one, although he left and came back and left and came back and moved to another team. Yeah, I don't. Know I think that's why his final season before he ever came back. I don't know if there was one. I don't. Right. I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan was what six when you? I mean, you were six when Tim Duncan started playing, right? I know you uh, can yeah. do math. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, years I, in the league. I can math. <laughs> I can, I can math. math. Yeah, so that's to me the amazing part is that someone who was as dominant as he was, I think if you asked the random fan on the street, what team did Tim Duncan play for? Not everyone would be able to tell you the Spurs. Not everyone. If you were a majority would be able to. I think if you were an NBA fan, if you're just a random person who is walking down the street. If you're a casual sports say, fan, you should know Tim Duncan plays for the Spurs. If right. you're just a casual fan. If you're a casual fan, fan, yes. And that's my favorite part about his legacy is that he was drafted by them and he stayed with them mm-hmm. the entire time, especially when we just spent so much time talking about Kevin Durant leaving for a title and other players that do the same thing. And so it's cool to have a role model type athlete who was so dominant but quiet so he was confident in his play, but didn't speak about it. He was a leader, and he only talked when he needed to be heard. He had a fantastic relationship with his coach. And then when he leaves, he's like, here, you can see everything I've done. I don't need to show everything off. But, you but can not see all athletes land in that perfect spot oh, for their perfect not. for their personality. No, 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 no. I mean, from ownership to coach to, to the city where he played, and that was a perfect spot for Tim mm-hmm. Duncan. It and was. you could arguably say the same thing about Kobe. And in, in, in that yeah. respect, like that that's the way I would want to go out. I, I would want, if I'm spending 20 years in the league, I would love to be able to go to all these different places that I've played and sort of put the, I guess, the tenacity of my play to the side and appreciate the, the the team that you've played against for so long and then be able to take that with you when you leave and not hold, I guess, mm-hmm. that animosity. That would be more of my personality. Like, I, I'm Kobe all the way. I want to score 60 in my last game, too. 
<laughs> I think your actions, by and large, always speak louder than your your attention to drawing your attention to yourself. So, if you need to score sixty in the final game to feel like you've accomplished something, if you're Kobe, then by all means, like if that's going to make you feel better in twenty years, then by all means, go for it. I love the way that Tim Duncan didn't need that. I love that Mm -hmm. he is one of only three players to have accomplished, what was it, like however many titles and MVPs. And that's that's the best part about someone like that is to put your soul, your heart, your sweat, your blood, your tears, all those cliches into one place for so long. And then to be able to walk away and say that you gave it all you had and you don't need any sort of fanfare. I guarantee that at some point they'll be able to recognize him in that way where, you know, they bring him back for a game and the place just, you know, loses it for him. Well, I I think if you look at these situations, this is not necessarily an athlete asking for for these favors and asking for these gifts. You know, Jeter would never be the type to go to another team, go to the Twins and say, what do you have for me? It's a marketing ploy by these teams that are going to have a losing record and that's the way that they want to get fans in their butts, like in the seats and watching the team. So that's why I think you see that with the, the teams like, like Mariano and like Jeter, like those years weren't good for the, for the Yankees and, and the Lakers were freaking awful this year, but that's the only thing they had to sell. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why you're, you're starting to see this more often. It's not necessarily the player asking for it. They're going to appreciate it and they're going to, you know, say thank you and whatnot, but they're not going to management saying, you need to do this for me. No, but the fact that they're announcing it beforehand, and I think Tim Duncan is the type of person, I mean, one of the best power forwards to ever play the game, and I don't think that he probably went to them before the season and said, hey, I'm going to retire. See, I think he did. I, I think he he actually did. Um, because if you, they're starting to kind of piece the things together. And if you notice in his last game during the during the, the playoffs, he was, was having one of the, the worst postseasons of his career. And he knew he was becoming a hindrance to the team. But when they knew it was going to be his last game, if you go back and watch, he played the last 12 minutes. And he, he does the hand point when he's leaving the court. So people are now sort of oh. theorizing that, they, that he told the team long before they just didn't publicly release it see i would think that he would have told them maybe before the playoffs but i don't think that it was necessarily i don't even know that he necessarily knew before the well, entire season. manu ginobili said that he, he's known for a while so if his teammates have known for a while you can kind of infer that that he's known for a while and i, and I think with, with athletes in particular of, of that stature it's tough for them to admit that that their body is breaking down and that they mm-hmm. can't sort of come back as as they normally would but um, whenever he was performing terribly, I think that was when he's that he knew that the, the, the decision was right. Sure. And I think he's smart enough to say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how this season plays out. If I play really well, I won't retire. Right. If I start to taper off or if it does become an issue for my team and, and I have a conversation, an honest conversation with myself that leads me to, to lean more towards that direction. So that's why I don't think it was necessarily long before the season. But even if it was... If they said to him, "Hey, we want to do a farewell tour," I think he would have he would have never ever wanted. To no, do I, I like think that. that that organization, top to bottom, wouldn't want to to do that. That that's just them. They don't need to to get butts in the seats. They, they don't need to do that ploy. They, they, they're consistently winning. They're they're, they're one of the uh, the winning wise the, the the greatest percentage in NBA history. So they don't need to do that like the Lakers do. And I think they won like twelve games last season. So they needed to do something like that in order to. To, to get butts in the seats. All right, we have a Peterbrook chocolate heel to give away. We will tell you how you can win that next. Listen, Hamilton Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes on 10th and Excel 92.5 FM. 
Jaguars football by women, for women, and men. Helmets and heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. We promised you a Peterbrook chocolate heel, and that we will deliver. We're going to go and spin off of the topic we were just talking about. Yes, we are. Retirement. What they have to do. All you have to do is text in to 641 641-1010, 641-1010 on the 1010XL text line driven by Duval Ford. And give me your answer of if you were to retire from any sport, what would you want your one gift to be from any stadium? It can be... Baseball, it can be basketball, it can be football, gift? whatever. Gift, oh. yes. What One gift. For instance, you know, would you want a seat from Fenway Park? Would you want home base from Yankee Stadium? Would you want what? Hmm. You know, what would be your one gift? I like it. And we will select a winner from those. Uh, real quick, you know what I did today I've never done before? What? Play Pokemon. No. <laughs> and I hope none of you ever do this. <laughs> Burned my face with the curling iron. (gasps) Face? No. It is peeling as we sit here right now. So the one thing I'm going to want from a stadium is something to heal (laughs) my face. Something from the training room. Cool compress. Yeah. That is tough. You know, one time I did that to my neck and it looked like a hickey. And no one believed me because it really looked like a hickey. (laughs) And I burnt my neck with the curling iron. And then you're wearing turtlenecks in the summer. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, not good. At all. So you live and you learn, right? uh, All I have to say is be more careful than we've been, (laughs) folks. Um, All right. Jalen Ramsey, the new cornerback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, tweeted out a meal that he had. This has certainly been well discussed on 1010. It's also been talked about all over the Internet. But what I want to know from you ladies is would you eat the meal? He ate Vienna sausages, some sort of spicy Cheetos. Mike and Ike's the candy. Flamin' Hot a, Cheetos. How do you not flamin know Flamin' Hot Cheetos? Because I don't eat Flamin', flamin Hot, hot Cheetos. Cheetos. <laughs> I don't either, but I've tried them before. Um, and then he had a Powerade. And um, something drizzled on the hot dog. Sriracha. Hot dog. Oh, sauce. sriracha. Yeah. Okay. I watched, this is in the side, I watched how sriracha came to be last night on the Food Network channel. I love those shows. Yes. Well, it is insane, the production. They have created and invented all of this farm equipment in order to turn these chili peppers and jalapenos into this sriracha sauce. I mean, we're talking about like millions and millions of chili peppers that they harvest and then grind and then produce into this sauce. Wow. And it's all this equipment that you're not allowed to know what it looks like because they've they're trying to patent it and they haven't gotten the patent yet. And it's amazing. Anyway, mm. would you eat um, his meal? Um, are you paying me to? No, ma'am. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, man, I wouldn't. Vienna sausages are good. They are good. They didn't look cooked. I used to love... <laughs> they're, no, they're, they're not They're cooked. not. They're from the can. Yeah. I used to love them as a kid. Uh, love them. They make different flavors one now. So they have like barbecue and so jalapeno. You would eat, so you, you would eat, eat I have Vienna sausages at my house right now. No, but you would eat his meal? Um, I, I don't understand. Like that <laughs> Everything, everything <laughs> that yeah. she just said, you would eat all that Absolutely. at one sitting? No, I, I'm not a big fan of Mike and Ike's. But Cheetos, yeah. I, Cheetos are probably my favorite chips. Cheetos and Vienna sausage. What I love to say, he tweets this it. out. Lots of different people, you know, reply. At 11.30 at night, what was he like, something, right? dinner is... Dinner is popping or... Yeah. One of those <laughs> lit... <laughs> one of those words the cool kids use. Um, I loved that the Jaguars nutritionist <laughs> tweeted him and was like, 
Uh, you need what to come to my office. <laughs> so then he replies with, that's my only cheat meal, I promise, from this past week. Um, here's a little bit of, of an issue that I had with it is like, don't necessarily put that stuff out there that late because then it does lead people to wonder why you're craving those various things all at once because that to me like that's not dinner I mean even if you had like the Vienna sausages in macaroni and cheese probably not but then what what are you doing (laughs) I mean have you ever right have you ever said something like that out in front of you that late without being under the influence. He could have had a late workout. (laughs) And I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying that's what people are going to question because of that. I eat weird things at night sometimes. (laughs) I want you to start tweeting there's that's the only thing in your house. So maybe he just had to to wing it. I mean, he's probably living by himself and not going to the grocery store that often and he just found whatever was in there and just started eating it. With one of his tweets, he did say, you know, I I keep doing something like I, I do what has always worked for me. So yeah. clearly this isn't the first time he's had this combination and that's fine with me. If this is what brought him to be the stud that he is, fine. Eat your Vienna sriracha sausages the with only, a side of Mike and I. The only problem I had with it is that he took the Vienna sausages out because the juice in the can is good. Because <laughs> you have to be able to dip them in the Ew. juice. And maybe he was. He just wasn't doing that because it wasn't nearly as photogenic perhaps. I don't. I don't know. I um, love how he laid them out. Yes. <laughs> a little in a little. Wheel. Maybe he was Wheel watching. You know, maybe he was watching the Food Network and wanted to pretty up his plate. And well, the, the presentation is really pretty. The, he drizzled it on nicely. Yeah. One funny thing that I read is so Jalen Ramsey offers James Sample about you know a rumored thirty thousand right. dollars for a jersey number. Yep. Yet he won't spend twenty dollars uh-huh. on a proper meal. Just right. like delivery. There's so many places that right. deliver now from restaurants. I did see I think he's always done this and that's why he's like I'm not changing yeah. anything that's worked for him. Yeah, and I mean okay. Who knows? Okay, Good really quickly. 11:30 at night, what's your go-to in the fridge or freezer or pantry? Ready set go. 11:30. Doritos. Doritos. Blythe. Um a bowl of salsa with crunched up chips. So you Amanda. eat the salsa with <laughs> chips in it? Um well, I it's don't like want the cereal. I mean, kind of. You pour the salsa in the bowl first, and then you crunch up your chips to put them in there. But you can't crunch them up immediately because then they get soggy and gross. So it's like a lazy chips and salsa. Yes. (laughs) It's so good because I get the big handle of salsa, and that's my go-to snack. But are you eating it with a spoon? Was I right? A fork. A fork. (laughs) Well, it's like a a taco bowl without the taco bowl. Bowl. It's just a bowl of salsa with and chips. chips. It's just it. chips and salsa. You eat it with a fork. <laughs> this is why I asked this question because I think of oh, all these are the, great ideas. I love ideas for options. food. I need ideas. Don't knock it till you try it. And I'm oh, not, not knocking I'm just, it. I'm, I'm getting ideas. All right. Yeah. I was interested in the logistics. I'm Amanda. so boring. I'll just eat a bowl of cereal. Sometimes I eat oatmeal at night, but really it's just a bowl of cereal. Although. Saturday night, I was working sideline for the Armada game, and there was a two-hour weather delay. So by the time I got home, it's midnight, and I'm beyond starving. And if you know me, I'm hungry every three minutes anyway, so I went like seven hours of that food. I'm starving. I opened my freezer, and there's a lasagna, and it was like the heavens were singing. There's a frozen <laughs> lasagna in my freezer, and I heated up, and I you, drank you a didn't Budweiser You before you heated it, it up? What do you mean? Like you waited another like 45 minutes? Yeah, that's like forever to cook. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Girls. This (laughs) This is microwavable. This is a microwave. Okay. (laughs) But it still takes a while, right?
into something else already. Or no. I would have already finished the America Budweiser that you drank. I started the Budweiser and sat at my table and just stared at the microwave. <laughs> I think my go-to, and this won't surprise you, is cheese. I will go in there and slice up whatever cheese I have, if it's not already sliced up, and eat that until it's gone is pretty much. Oh, Let's I hope it, I don't cheese. start with a full block. Because I thought I'll you were going to say boiled peanuts. I don't usually have those on hand. That's the only problem. Otherwise, I would certainly eat those. Um, I, I've been known to make eggs late at night. Like, yeah. Yeah, just because they're so good. And you can envision them scrambled. Scott, <laughs> Scott, what about you? What's your go-to midnight snack, basically? Anything that's in the fridge, I can heat up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah. one. All right. Quick and easy. Brent Grimes' yep. wife, Miko. Mm-hmm. We've talked about her several times. She's certainly Human what I would time. call... Um, an interesting character. She speaks her mind on Twitter. She does not always use um, language that would be appropriate for children. Sometimes and most of the time it's a lot of profanity. So (laughs) she recently came out and said some anti-Semitic things towards the Dolphins organization and also said some things that her husband, she encouraged him to leave anyway because she didn't want him to retire a loser in his career that way. Miko Grimes is on my last nerve, mm-hmm. but I wanted to get your opinions. Demurf, if you saw her right now in the studio, what would you say to her? I would run the other way. I'm not getting in a fight with that thing. No. <laughs> with that I keep thing. my mouth shut and just walk away. Will she learn to, sh- no. to stop? No. no. That's just her Why should personality. she have to? See, okay. Yeah, go to Blythe, because she's the only one that defends this do you creature. think that she should? Do you think that she should at least take the f words out if she wants to be taken seriously? It's her. It's her personality. If you don't like it, don't follow her. That that's kind of and the I way I see don't, it. For the record, yeah. but these the people don't see this is when follow it her. Up. She puts it out there and attacks people. No, she has a protected Twitter account, so you can only be approved in order to to follow her and see her tweets. Well, then what is the point to what's what's her point here to attack? The Dolphins. Why? I don't think she's attacking. She has a, a media platform, and she gives her opinion on, on the Dolphins. And in this particular instance, um, I think that they were talking. Somebody was complaining about her her husband and how he's never going to find another job again. And she said, "No, well, well, actually, the the Dolphins did want him back." And they gave a contract offer. Atlanta, who Brent Grimes used to play for, wanted him back, put an offer out on him. And the Bucks offer what was more than anybody else. And they wanted to go to a team that had a chance at winning. So that's why they chose the Bucks out of all of them. Because, I mean, the Dolphins are, are sort of, you know, one of the wor- one of the worst run franchises in the NFL. So that's why I think that they, they, they probably are bad-mouthing them now. I think she just has a platform and she could clean up her language, but that's her. I mean, it's 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 that's just her. That's just the way she talks. And a lot of people do talk that way. Um, I think we're just trained in a public media perception but, to not use those words. But who or and why? Words. Yeah. What was the reason but, for what, what she, you just said? Why would she say Jew buddies? Jew boys is, Jew what, Jew is what she said. Jew buddies. She said Jew buddies. Yeah. And it's because she was what she really meant. And she honestly, I, I don't mean to sound um I'm going to sound that way. So let me rephrase the whole thing because I don't want to sound that way. I think what she meant was nepotism. What she was trying to get across was that the Dolphins management was hiring family members or friends. And that's where she was trying to go with her statement. Instead, she used the phrase, quote unquote, Jew buddies, Mm -hmm. because they are Jewish. And so she was saying they're hiring from within their own, you know, kind of group or clan, what have you. She... 
she didn't say it to me the the appropriate way, which is which is the politically correct way, which you don't always have to be politically correct if you're her. I mean, everything's racist in this country now. So it's just one of those things that you can't. I just, see. I don't agree with you're that gonna at offend all. I everyone. I, I don't agree with that at all. I don't think that she was. I think had she figured out what she meant to say, then she could absolutely say nepotism. And no one would have had an issue. This never would have been a topic that came mm-hmm. back up on our show. We would all go, oh, yeah, you know what? We've all been in organizations where people are hiring family members and friends. And right. they're always going to get the, you know, the first crack at it. Is that right or wrong? Blah, blah, blah. But instead, I think she she didn't really know how to phrase what she intended. And that's where, because she doesn't care, she didn't do the research and then she blasted it out and then she just kept going because she doesn't want to backtrack and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. That was not the correct thing to say. That's how I feel. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess if you want to nitpick every single thing that, that, you know, is involved in her tweets, sure. But she's just a, she's an opinionated person. So I think that and she draws a lot of attention, positive and negative. So I think people are going to look to her and, and just look for something to get upset about. I mean, we have to look at the, the way the media landscape is right now. There, There's not a lot of stories going on. So if she sends out a tweet and people don't like it, then that's something to get fake outraged about for a day or so. And then people move on to the next topic. Yeah, I, I didn't think all, it was. This is all media driven. And that, I don't I don't look out for anything. She says nothing. And that's the thing is it, and she calls out fellow members. I, I say fellow members as if she's she's not she's not part of a traditional media mindset. She has her own radio show, but she does it from a podcast format, not from an official station. So that's why I think that she can get away with a little bit more than a traditional setting. Well, and, and it, she was also <laughs> not welcome back to her radio platform that she had. Well, they're no longer in Miami. Right. So there's, well, there's really no reason to. And, but, but Tampa hasn't given her one yet. But she's doing the, the show that she did in Miami with her co-host. That co-host still writes for the Miami Herald and he's doing the show with her now. So it's it's she she hasn't lost. She mm-hmm. she just she is who we, who she is. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable when a woman is opinionated like that and is very loud. And maybe she could choose different words and how she presents her her information. But I find a lot of what she says, especially in regards to football, very valuable. And that's exactly my problem with her and her presentation is I love vocal women. I love opinionated women. And I love women who are confident enough to say what they feel and think. But because of the way that she chooses to say it so often, I can't follow her because it not that it offends me. I, it just drives me nuts. It's to just see a preference people, thing, I think. It, it drives me crazy to see people attacking or people really negative or the cuss words and stuff like that. Like, I don't want that in my eyesight all the time and in my timeline. So therefore, I can't follow her. And then I miss the stuff that I would like to see. So I wish that she would kind of and I'm not saying become more politically correct it has nothing to do with that. But I just wish that she presented her information in a better tone or a better setting in a little bit more of a traditional way. I, I mean, that's I, just me. I, I, yeah, I, I see. I, I, I hear you. But in the same sense, like if she's trying to cater to other, to other people, she's not really catering. She, she's not being herself. And, and and if she's speaking on certain things and, and that's that's her account. If you choose to follow her, that's your choice. If you don't like what you see, don't follow her. And, and that's, I think... Where it it comes into play with, with Twitter in particular, that is a, that is your platform. You can say whatever you want, but it has its consequences and it has its positives. And I think that she she's felt the experience from both sides. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say on it is, um, 
I think if you have to resort to using profanity in that many tweets as, as often as she does, like you lack some vocabulary. That's just, that's how I feel. Sometimes like, I think you got to let an F word fly sometimes. It, and sometimes is one thing. I think all the time, like to to constantly use it, like, you really are lacking Do they have other kids? adjectives. They have one child. Hmm. No clue. Um, all right. That is all we are going to say on Miko Grimes. We have some Twitter poll results to get to. We're going to check in and see who's going to win the Peter Brook Chocolate Heel. And also, would you console a rival fan? We'll get to all of that next. Listen, Helmets and Heels built by Dream Funders Homes on 1010XL on 2.5 FM. just want to talk football more helmets and heels built by dream finders homes presented by underwood jewelers and american window products now on 1010xl 92.5 fm amanda borges sang this song with a band on saturday i did that was so fun um now i'm gonna get in trouble for not oh the decades band and they were at excuse me. They were at my uh, little Marine Max appearance that I did, and we played cornhole. And they asked me to sing with them, and I was like, "Are you sure about this? Have you heard that? I, <laughs> Have you heard? I mean, I love karaoke. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they were very um, accommodating, and they let me sing, and it was so much fun. Now, was there an audience when you were singing? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But the in, the uh, the size of the audience was very comfortable for me to perform in front of. Excellent. So I'm gonna leave it at. You could be a politician. <laughs> All right, we had a, we have a winning answer for the Peterbrook Chocolate Heel. Scott, tell everybody who won. Well, two two six on the text line one. He said, "I would like my locker that I had when I played to take home and put it in my man cave." Heck yeah. Nice. I like that one too. The only thing I dislike is why does it have to be a man cave? <laughs> why can't it just be a sports cave? Wait, you don't watch, um, what is the Tim Allen show? Home no. Improvement. No, the new one. No, I don't watch There's it. There's a new Tim Last Allen Man show? Standing. Oh, okay, no. Oh, he built a she shed. A she shed. A she, she shed. Yes. Oh. So she gets relegated out of the house? Yes. <laughs> but then he wanted it. So it's a uh, she shed. What's yeah. in it? Whatever she wanted. It's a shed for her. Well, arts and crafts, silly. whatever oh, she wanted. Oh, gosh. See, I don't want any of that. Yeah. I want the, I want what would go in a man cave, but to be shared. So like a sports room, sports, whatever. I have yeah, a sports room. Yeah. You're also very rare. I also burnt yeah. my face today. <laughs> yeah, iron. You did. You so did. let's talk about roles here. I have a playroom. Yeah, that that, that does count. You know, my mom, after I moved out, it took about four years. She turned my bedroom into a sewing slash arts and crafts room. See? I wouldn't mind an arts and crafts room or like a salon room where you can just like do your hair and makeup. Yeah, I would like a a bathroom. bathroom. Well, no, like a bigger room. Yeah, I would like a room for my closet where I also get ready and do everything. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the sports room. Um, you have both <laughs> for the Twitter poll. I'll uh, have a TV Blythe, in there. Do you want to yeah. update everybody? Perfect. We okay. need multiple TVs. So, if you yeah. missed earlier in the show, we got into a um, <laughs> uh, heated debate. Yeah, I, I, an escalated conversation about Pokemon Go. A I think we still conversation. I think we still like each other, though. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good assumption. So we asked, <laughs> "What did you think of Pokemon Go 
on our Helmets and Heels, at Helmets and Heels on Twitter. And the options were worst thing on earth, love it, bit annoying, or don't care either way. And right now, don't care either way is winning with 33%. People huh. care about something. Love it is second with 30%. Bit annoying is 21%. And the people who think it's the worst thing on earth is 16%. 80 votes so far. I think that's our, our most successful poll yet. All right. Well, keep voting. That's because we they're all on their phones you. playing the game. Well, I was yeah. going to say. To target it, our tweets like that. Yeah. It is skewed towards people who have Twitter, obviously, because right. that's what we're um, tweeting it out to. Or that's the platform that we're using in order to send it out. Um, so obviously those people are going to be more likely to have at least some sort of affinity for things online. All right, would you console a rival fan? So, did anybody watch the Euro Cup finals, the UEFA finals on Sunday? Are you really asking that? Uh, yes. No. Portugal beat France? <laughs> no, nobody? Okay. No, but I do know that. Um, <laughs> Dang it. I think that's adorable, you asked. Uh, never mind. I think I was about to say something wrong. Okay. <laughs> well, so Portugal loses to France in the second extra time. So, second slot of extra minutes um and this there's a video that went viral that this portuguese man this fan is is crying openly crying and a cute adorable little french kid comes up to him you can't hear what's going on what he says to him but he taps him on the shoulder he says something to him and the guy kind of gives him a thumbs up and smiles again and then they they kind of hug and the guy you know kind of messes up the little kid's hair and then the little kid goes on his way so this fan literally went from sobbing basically and he's, you know, in public, he's still right after the game, to being able to smile and be happy again. So that leaves the question, would you console a rival fan? A child is way different mm-hmm. than any other rival fan. Mm-hmm. I would console a child, I hope... I hope in that instance I can find a little piece Most of... Most children don't oh, understand. Thing. No. Right. So right. they're going to be bratty and cry and... But I'm saying if a child's upset because my team won, I would be quicker to console a child than Lauren. Like when Florida State beats Florida again this year, I will not be consoling her at all. Who's your quarterback going to be when you when you supposedly beat us? There we go. It could be Sean McGuire. Could be DeAndre Francois. We're just not sure. But who's who's your quarterback? I was going to say I don't think uh, any SEC team brought a quarterback going to be right now. Um, the only one that I forget if he went, Chad Kelly. Is no, he, not he wasn't selected. No okay. quarterbacks went. Um, SEC hotbed for QBs. Yeah, I mean, we still there yes. are some good quarterbacks in the SEC, not a lot, but there are some. But um, Luke Del Rio is obviously going to be our quarterback when we start, and then it could <laughs> be shaken up from there. One. But anyway, so um, Blythe, would you console a rival fan? No, N- no. I, it, it, it depends on a ri- what kind of rivalry. If this is like a Titans fan, absolutely not. Like that, that's how you that's how you learn that you take your lumps. And as a sports fan, and and even if I'm on the losing end of it, I'm I don't want a child coming up to me and trying to console me. Go away. I'll deal with this on my own. Thank you very much. Especially yeah. if it's a Titans fan. Go. Who do you think you are? You're right. I think it would make it worse if my team lost and. People from the winning team are like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. No. I don't need your sympathy. You just beat me. Get the heck away from me. And, and rival's probably too strong of a word. By the way, I had it backwards. I meant that the the Portuguese won and the 
French kid was the French man was crying. Oh. The Portuguese kid. Was okay. But either way, oh, okay, okay. the rivalry itself. I don't know that they are necessarily you know the biggest of rivals, but it, but if you were at a game and your country won, let's say, would you console another nah. person? What if it was you, Donna? Let's say, for instance, because I see Fat Tony in the room. Let's say, for instance, His it's presence the, is looming. <laughs> it's the Giants and Patriots, and we finally win the Super Bowl against them. No. No, will I never. And I love you, Tony, but I will never console a Giants fan. Even nope. if he was openly sorry. crying. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. You got to take your losses. But I would teach my son differently. I would teach my son to do exactly what that soccer fan did. Yeah. You know? And I loved it. I, to me, if someone's crying over a sport, I think there is a, a human initiative to want to to make somebody happy. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, by the way, it's just a game. You right. you know, you're not going to lose your life over this. No one's you know, no one's well. It is hurt soccer. Over it. You, yeah, but yeah, you don't want to hear that in that moment. No. You just want to you want to let your emotions out, and then you either ignore them or you say, "Hey, good game," and walk away. Okay, I'm going to pose this to those two single ladies over here. Hottest guy you've seen in three months is the one that's openly crying. You're going to walk up to him and um, console that him? That is not, I wouldn't, no. If you're openly crying, then that's that's a, that's a party I want no part of. But what then if he has a man bun? not in your description. <laughs> what if he had a man bun? No, I'm just joking. No, no, then that's too emotional for me. You can't be crying in public. Xander, sorry. I actually hate when men oh. cry. It like It gets to me like I, I really don't like it. Because like, it makes this me is too much so sad. Like, oh. why are you crying? You're a man. Okay, what if you're but what crying if it's at a and movie? then they cry in support of your emotions? Well, yeah, That's I'm different. saying I don't, I don't like when men cry because to me, I feel like men do not show their emotions as much as women. And so because of that, it makes me so sad when I see a man crying because I'm like, wow, you are very upset if you are letting the tears in flow. What if it's like happy, you. happy tears? That's way different. Yeah, yeah, that's way different. If he's like bawling in his hands in public, I don't care how hot you are. I'm not having a conversation with you. (laughs) I am a little nicer than that, (laughs) and I probably would console him. I might like rub his back. Do you know this person? I kick you while you're down. Crying, quick cry. I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) Or just realistically, if you're seeing him like on a bench or something crying, you're just turning around and walking the other way. Yeah. If, I, if it's a perfect stranger, if it's somebody you know, then that's that's different. That's what would you consult someone you know? It depends on the Eric situation, Osmer. male oh, or God. female. They're crying. If you're crying in public, I just crying. feel like that's it's you're you're going through some stuff, and you just need to go home. <laughs> I feel like even when you take sports out of it, when someone cries in front of me, my first instinct is, "Oh my gosh, they're really upset. What do I do to make them feel better?" So in that moment, I think, especially since I know I already won, <laughs> I'm feeling extra nice. And I'm like, oh, you poor thing. Let me offer you half of the cookie that I ate and then put back in the box. Did you really That's right, Tony. That's what you cookie? get to look forward to. I didn't want the whole thing. A box of cookies with a half so you can feel better about feel better. the calories that you're eating. You know what? I give up. I burned my face today. Amanda got up what at 6 in the morning. What are you giving up on? Blagging on the answers. spinach dip. And Donna. I get it. It's right what there. And Donna came in in a bathing Two suit. <laughs> I came in in a bathing suit. Yeah, she did. And that's the end, folks. Let's say hey. The worst part is that none of you get to see 
see Donna in her bathing suit. Oh, it is a Blade magazines last year. Flowery one piece. Don't forget, we will be live next Tuesday at Jackson Social in Jack's Beach on Beach Boulevard. So come and hang out with us from seven to nine p.m. I promise we will not talk that much about Pokemon next week. We'll check in with at all. Tony next on Tencent XL ninety two point five FM. Thanks for checking out the podcast for Helmets and Heels. As a friendly reminder, you can always check out the latest on our Twitter feed at Helmets and Heels or on our website at guysgirl.com backslash Helmets and Heels.